Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good evening and welcome everybody to episode 13 of Swinging from the Hip. Yes, we're up to lucky number 13. And tonight we'll be looking at the first test between England and the West Indies and also looking ahead to the second test that's starting in about two hours. And we're hearing some massive news coming out of the England camp. And uh, thanks to Hussein Hanif for uh, heads up on that news coming out. And we'll go into that a little bit later in the show. But uh, before we dig into that, welcome to Rohit. And uh, how's your evening going? G'day, yeah, very good, very good. That's big great. Day. Yes. <laughs> big day. Yeah, big hours. I've just been talking. He's, uh, he's been yes. doing some big long hours, 12, 12 plus hour, 14 hour days. So That's if he right. falls asleep, we know why, why he's falling asleep and we'll just That's... wake him up. Right. Be well, it's the cricket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's crack into it and we'll go with Rohit's Week in History. Yeah, well, good evening, everyone. So. Digging around a bit earlier to see what was happening in this last week. There's been a few birthdays crop up. Uh, 1984, we had July 13th, Faf Duplessis, who celebrated a birthday. And um, an interesting one here, I thought, was July 16th, 1973, was Sean Pollock. Now, um, Sean was one of those great all-rounders for South Africa coming out of the Pollock family, which, you know, we all know of. But um, the interesting thing about Sean, he was the captain of South Africa. And when the South Africans hosted the World Cup, I think it was back in 20, uh, 2003, they played uh, against the West Indies. And he made a monumental cock-up with the Duckworth-Lewis score. And having lost to the West Indies, which kicked them out of their own tournament, unfortunately, which was being hosted by South Africa, Zimbabwe and Kenya. Now, being a wicket keeper, um, Bob Taylor celebrated a birthday, July 17th, uh, 1941, he was born. A couple of our own Kiwis here, so Black Caps, July 17th, again, pretty good day for cricketers. 1944, Mark Burgess, and 1975, Andre Adams uh, celebrated their birthdays. Moving on to last, uh, what do we got, July 18th, Carlos Braithwaite. Celebrating his birthday in a couple of days' time. Just jumped ahead a couple of days there. This is how tired I was. But um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you remember this. But um, Braithwaite, he um, 
he got himself into cricket law, shall we say, for his four lusty blows on one of the biggest stages when um, you know when he smashed about 19 runs off that last over to win the 2016 World uh, T20 against England. So it was uh, winning that game for them. Now, uh, the uh, July 18, now this is an oldie, 1848, uh, pioneer of our game. He was born and known as a dashing batsman, cunning round arm, slow medium bowler, and owner of the most famous beard in sport, W.G. Grace, otherwise known as the doctor or the champion in his day. But to us, I've always known him as W.G. Uh, moving over the ditch, July 18, 1949, Dennis Lilly celebrating his birthday in a couple of days' time. And just a bit of it, uh, moving back into history again. Now, this is one that's uh, broken many a heart and been talked about a lot this week and brings up really bad memories, unfortunately. But July 14 last year was when that World Cup was played out, and it's still a big scar on oneself here, similar to that 2007 scar that's still starting to slowly wear off. So I won't really want to talk too much more about it. We all know what happened in that final. And um, let's just say that's the week that was. Yeah, look, um, it's something that we we that tries to play again, but we block it out, don't we? So uh, did it even happen, really? That's right. You know, we go, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> was there a game? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey, look, also, that um, Carlos Braithwaite, um, I'll make sure I get my Braithwaite's right. Uh, Carlos Braithwaite, yeah, those those um, four boundaries and last over to to win that for, it was just sensational. And um, I, I think mm. it's it, it was an amazing game. It was almost like, if I remember rightly, it was getting rather dark and it was talking, you know, with the lights coming on and everything. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, I was just having a look at that. I think he um, hits uh, what four massive sixes, uh, selling the deal with two balls to spare. Now, I don't know if you recall, but that just brings me back to our own who celebrated his birthday with uh, or celebrating tomorrow, Andre Adams. Yep. Now, I recall a game that he played in. It was a local derby match. I think it was in um, one of the one day finals with Auckland. Might have been playing the ND of all teams. And uh, what was it? We needed 13 runs off the final ball. And we still won it. 13 off the no ball. No ball six. One went for six. And then another one went for six. <laughs> Bugger. So, yeah, that's one for the books, isn't it? 13 yeah, Absolutely. Off <laughs> winning the final, and it wasn't, and it wasn't cricket max. No. <laughs> <laughs> so there right. you go. Yeah, put that in the memory banks for that pub quiz question. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> moving from uh, this week in history, we'll move to uh, this week's news, and we've basically uh, not a lot happening outside of the test match. Tell you the truth, but there's a little bit of what's been going on now. Just coming out today or last night was the tenth uh, edition of the BBL. We'll kick off on the third of December. The tournament will start two weeks earlier to allow room for contingencies around COVID-19. There'll be 56 games played and there'll be eight double hitters. The final scheduled for the 6th of February. The Women's BBL also be kicking off on the 17th of October with the finals down to be played on the 27th and 29th of November. 
it's a total of 26 games in the WBBL with three in, three in the final. And uh, there's actually going to be a mid-season Sydney hub for all eight clubs, although there will be some flexibility depending on what's happening in Australia with COVID-19. And um, let's face it, it's it's uh, seems to be deteriorating there uh, a little bit, particularly in Melbourne. Not great there. So uh, moving along to South Africa, South Africa still planning to go ahead with this strange idea that they've got with three sides playing eight-a-side cricket tournament in Hauteng, and that is supposed to be played this weekend. Now, Hauteng is the centre of the pandemic in South Africa, so it's where it's worst. And uh, other gra- grounds have been placed as standby should COVID-19 regulations force a change in the plans. And it's rather getting short in the day to sort of start changing plans too much there. So haven't heard what's coming out there with the tournament, the tournament going ahead or not. Um, but um, yeah, at the moment, as per plan, it goes ahead this weekend. And finally, as we reported last week, Sophie Devine had been retained as the White Ferns captain over Amy Satherthwaite. Satherthwaite this week stated that she's disappointed about missing out on the cap- get it or not regaining the captaincy, but really happy to be back in the team environment and looking forward to be part of, part of the senior leadership team as the group's vice captain. And that's basically all we had in our weekly news for this week. The big news, though, is that Test Cricket is back and we've had our first test completed done and dusted with the west indies going on to win that one and this is where we're going to basically dig down a bit deeper into the game that was concluded on monday if i remember it seems so long ago monday and also then we'll just have a preview into the game starting tonight but um yeah look i, I suppose the game start it, it was at the Aegeus bowl in southampton um, and just a few key points that we'll get us started with is that uh, it's only Archer that looked like taking wickets until Stokes came on in that second innings. And um, I actually got lucky and saw the last um, session and a half of the tournament, uh, of the match, tournament, of the match. So, uh, yeah, it was um, quite sort of riveting viewing. Uh, Rohit, what, did you, what were you able to take in of the test? Well, yeah, I didn't really get to see anything, to be honest. But um, I was, you know, with cricket, it's really good because you can always check it up on a scoreboard and sort of mm-hmm. sort of work out what's been going on in the test as well and then follow up with, the, you know, the reports and stuff. It was, a, uh, by all accounts, it was a pretty close test. Mm. And um, it was a really, you'd have to say it's a really good win by the West Indies. You know, overseas conditions is always difficult to play in. And given, you know, the lockdown and all of that, all these extra yep. added pressures, you know, hats go off to them with a with a fantastic start to that series for them. Absolutely. So let's um, have a look. We're just going to quickly um, go through the um, the scoreboard and it's, we're just going to bring it up so that you can see it. It's just like what we see is that Rory Burns um, starting off well with a 30. Dominic Sibley, Dom Sibley, um, basically going out in the very truncated day one and was the only wicket casualty. It basically set the tone, I felt, for England. And basically they struggled through with some good scores in the middle from Stokes, Captain's Hand, Butler and Dom Bess um, to limping through to 204. At one stage, it probably didn't even look like they were going to get to 204. So we had – and then the West Indies, basically Holder, um, 
have been the pick of the bunch there, and all the wickets picked up between Holder and Gabriel. Holder picking up a six for 42, and Shannon Gabriel picking up four for 62. So after the first innings, you'd have to say the West Indies would have been looking at um, being quite happy with the how things had worked out, considering they lost the toss and were asked to field first. Absolutely, and and uh, you know Holder, he's he's phenomenal. That guy with great return, six wickets. Um, Therefore, his 42 runs against him in 20 overs. So, you know, being the captain of the side and holding up that bowling attack for them, you know, special guy, good talent. Looking at that, I mean, we, we look at those figures for Holder, six for 20. So he was going at an economy rate of two runs per over. So he was keeping it tight. So he's not just only picking up wickets, but he's putting pressure on the batsman. He's putting scoreboard pressure, although it's a test match. Still scoreboard pressure on there. The runs aren't yep. coming easy, and the yep. batsmen are looking at where are the runs going to come from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and you still got a, you still got a bowl tight given test match, you know, because you've got to hold an end up and it's all about building the pressure, isn't it? And Absolutely. That's what those uh, Wendy's bowlers managed to do. You know, they, yep. they only used four bowlers there. That's that's the other key point here. We look at it, they've used four bowlers. They bowled 67 overs in the innings in the first innings, and they've only used four bowlers. Shannon uh, Gabriel, the other standout, and um, with his pace, uh, and, and although he was going, he looks a bit expensive at four runs and over. I think he must have got a bit of tap towards the end of the innings because early on when I was um, watching it, uh, he was actually very economical as well. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, uh, and they all. I mean, who's uh, who was it? Gabriel. Um, I mean, going at what four runs and over? Yep, yep, that's right. Picking so we're moving on for, hmm. for, for wickets and four runs and over. As if yeah. all ten, ten wickets picked up between Gabriel and Holder. So then we come to the uh, West Indies innings, and we can see that they made a good start. I mean, they actually put on 43 for the first wicket after bowling England out for 200. That's a pretty good start to get uh, the ball rolling for the second uh, for their first innings. Absolutely, um, and you know, if you want to, you you need to put on runs on that first innings, even when you're batting second, just to put the pressure on again for that team yep. that's got to come out and bat again. So you know, well, any lead is a good lead. I, I you got to say, the taking basically it was the. Um... It's uh, taking the advantage that you've gained in that first day, making sure it doesn't slip. I suppose the only thing, I mean, when we go through there, nice consistent scoreboard from the top yeah. order. I suppose the only thing you could say be, is that you would have liked as a West Indies supporter for one of those guys to go on and um, get a big score. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got to put in perspective a bit. So it is the first game after so long off as well. Mm -hmm. So everyone's going to be a little bit rusty, you'd feel. But, I mean, if I was one of those batters in the top six there, I'd be pretty pretty happy with my result if I was one of them. Yeah. Um, you know, really the only failure looking at that, if you call it one at this stage, is Blackwood scoring 12. But... Yeah, I mean, it's ironic because we'll come to him a bit later, won't we? Yes. But I suppose just, just um, our regular sort of um, panel member, Taryn, just in the – Saying who was the most, the biggest disappointment in the um, in the first innings for England? Yeah, um, look, you can't blame an opener going out for a duck, right? You know, he's faced four balls. He's probably got a bloody pearler. 
Ah, <laughs> so yeah, that's going to happen. That's test cricket. So absolutely, yeah. actually, I, I do. I mean, I did see the Dominic Sibley dismissal. He got yeah. one that went away, and the very next ball came back in. That's uh, right. that, so it's it's pretty hard going when you've just walked out there, and uh, it's the second yes. over, and you you've got one going away, and you got one coming back, <laughs> trying to get your eye in. Yeah, I, exactly. I think um, I, I think for me, it would have to be um, Joe Denley. Um, you know, you've lost you've lost that early wicket, and you're really wanting that number three to just take your time and consolidate. And um, yeah, I, I suppose that's a number three's role, isn't it? You've lost an early wicket, you need to consolidate. You haven't lost an early wicket, you need to be able to play your scoring shots. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, um, if you look at Joe Denley scoring 18, he, he was out there for 58 balls. So that's probably what an hour's worth of batting or thereabouts. Would be. Yeah. So yeah. he probably got a he probably got an unplayable one too without actually seeing his dismissal, yep. um, being bold. But yeah, it might be a bit harsh. You reckon I'm being a bit harsh there? Could be. Well, just just to say, just to say, the English yeah. selectors agree with me. Fair enough. Yeah. Too. But they have to um, drop somebody, right? Because it's going to come back in. <laughs> <laughs> right. Typical openers comment. Oh, you know, <laughs> we always get those bloody pearlers early on. <laughs> yeah, so, um, basically, so West Indies, nice first innings total, as you say, in light of the fact that um, first innings on English soil in their first test match, they racked up 318. You have to say that's a pretty good return, really, as you say. I mean, Solid. you might, yeah. yeah, you'd be a little bit disappointed. Maybe you would have hoped one of them would have gone on, but. You know, yep. you're quibbling there sort of thing with 318 is good score. It is, it is. And basically the captain again. So he's done it with the bat, scored 40-odd, and he's come in and he's picked up four wickets as well. Yeah. So, yeah, good Kiwi it's, lad that, you know, he plays cricket well. Well, yeah, unfortunately. He didn't want to play for the Black Caps, didn't he? But, <laughs> <laughs> no, you'd have to say um, difficult position for Stokes, to be fair. You yep. know, being the all-rounder in the team, you've already got enough uh, on your plate with all the work that you've got to do, right? As a batsman and a bowler and then put the captaincy on it, you've got to think about field changes and, you know, bowling changes and all the like. So there's a lot of pressure on him. Yep, absolutely. And, um, you know, he's performed, so you'd have to say. He's performed, absolutely, totally. yes. Totally. And, 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 and we'll, I mean, like, obviously with that comment that you made, it was with the responsibility that he has wrapped up as a captain as well. We'll come to that in the second innings mm -hmm. because it's quite it's quite an interesting thing that develops in that second innings and we'll, we'll sort of uh, we'll, uh, have a look at that as well. So we come along. So um, everybody spread the wickets around in the English innings. Interesting is that Jofra Archer um, didn't actually pick up a wicket in the first innings, which is quite a surprise. Yeah, I, I was a bit surprised at that too when I um, checked out the scoreboard. And thinking, oh, he'd probably pick up a couple. And um, when I saw it, and I thought, well, yep, well, West Indies what, held their own against him. <laughs> what makes what makes the um, first innings even more interesting? The, the fact that he didn't pick up a wicket is that when you see his bowling in the second innings, this is like, how did he not pick up? If he bowled like that in the first innings, how did he not pick up a wicket? So uh, interesting yes. that one. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we go to the second innings, England. Much better in the second innings, the, uh, 313. Again, I suppose, you know, uh, the opener's comment, <laughs> if, you, if you're, um, you're going to sort of pick 
anything. It's the fact that England would have liked one of those guys to go on, particularly in the fact they're a little bit behind the eight ball with the low score in that first innings. Yeah, so only, that's right. Yeah. yeah, you know, they put, what, 72 runs on for that first wicket there in that yep. second dig. So, yeah. Um, and again, you, you picked them out in that first innings with uh, Denley. Uh, yep. And again, he seems to have batted a bit of time. So, um, probably just a bit early early season rust, shall we say. Yeah, I, to be honest, though, with him not being picked for the second test, I don't know if there's a way back for him. There's a lot of talent coming through, younger talent. Yes. And then you've got, like, a Zach Crawley, who's then going, um, yes. you know, uh, uh, basically 76. Uh, yeah. You know, so he's put a score on. So he's going to have a hard road getting back in, back at, uh, especially with Joe Root now, Came, coming back in as captain as well. You'd have to think so, eh? Um, yep. Who is the guy I'm looking at? Uh, Ollie. Ollie Pope. Ollie Pope. Yep. Now, you know, he's he's the youngster in the team, isn't he? So, Absolutely. you know, they'll be having a vested interest in making sure that they give him a fair go. That's I think that's a valid, that's a really good point that you've raised because the fact is that um, Ollie Pope, is going to get a few shots. You know, the new player coming through, you, you know, you, we've talked, I mean, you go back in history and one of the big mistakes that you can make with any new player coming in is, is like, you give him one test and he fails and you you sort of ruin his confidence and you turf him, right? So That's you basically, it. with these days, they do give uh, newly selected players, unless they're filling in for an injury, they're usually given a pretty sort of a few test matches to try and feel comfortable at that level. Yeah, and uh, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I'm sure Ollie Popes is also a wicketkeeper. So, you know, he's probably a wicketkeeper and waiting uh, potential there yep. for the English team. Because uh, you got Joss Butler and uh, the other keeper, the name eludes me. Um, but if Ollie's given his chance and he performs, he, he could be that future keeper as well. So Taryn's just letting us know. He obviously saw it. Poor shots from uh, shot selection from Burns and Denley, um, and obviously for Denley that's um, not worked out too well for him. Yes, <laughs> big five for for Shannon Gabriel in the um, second innings. Now the, the interesting the thing there is that with the four for in the first inning, he picked up nine wickets for the test, which is a great return. Fantastic, you'd have to say, wouldn't it? In your first test after a long um, a long break. Uh, yeah, very very good returns there. So basically, they sort of yeah. they're sort of like not too bad. They've got England out for three hundred and thirteen, and their target is set at two hundred. And um, how would the dressing room be feeling as they start the last innings chasing two hundred? You'd have you'd have to say with the way the pitch was playing, they'd be pretty confident. You would say so, absolutely. Um, you know, it, you'd need to have a good start, obviously, and poor old Windies didn't get off to the best start, didn't they, in that second dig? No, they did not. They did <laughs> so, not. So, you know, they put themselves under a bit of pressure there, but you'd Absolutely. have to be confident that you were going to get there. If you they were put under bucket loads of pressure. I mean, you were basically three down and effectively four, um, although it so with um, John Campbell got hit on the toe with a um, Joffre Archer special yeah. and um, he had to basically lift the field. It was a suspected broken toe. It's turned out it was a very badly bruised toe, but you effectively four down for not much. Um, Tremors going through the dressing room. 
Absolutely would have been. You, you definitely needed somebody to hold steady the ship down the other end, you would have, as, as they say, you know. Yep, absolutely. And, and it's interesting. So you've got a really good partnership going with Roston Chase and James Blackwell, uh, Blackwood, sorry, Jermaine Blackwood. And um, they really did write the ship. Uh, and, and not only did they write the ship, but they actually start, kept scoring at a pretty good pace. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it might have been one of those cases of early early nerves there for the opening team and then just somebody to sit, you know, consolidate and sit around. Because it's funny what time does when you bat middle. Yep. Here we Absolutely. go. Tom's been... off, uh, reports suggest the pitch was up and down. So, yeah, would have, been, it would have made it that, that bit more difficult, right? Would have made it more difficult. And you expect that the, the second innings would have been even more up and down. Uh, yeah. in, the, in the although what was the um the parts of the last day that I actually did see it was actually it was coming through quite consistently, but then you got some pretty fast bowlers and maybe they were uh basically uh making you know getting the bounce out of the pitch. Yeah. So Jermaine Blackwood's the big one there, he's the one that sees the team through to the score of 200. Mm-hmm. Um, if we look at it. Archer, as I said, there we go. He's got his three wickets in the second innings. And um, at times he was quite unplayable. And that's why it's quite surprising that in that first innings, he didn't really pick up anything. Yeah, it's it can be like that, though. Eh? You know, uh, sometimes bowlers can go out there and have a really good day bowling-wise, but still not get anything. And the, pickets, uh, the wickets are picked up at the other end. Um, and he could have just been building a bit of pressure, but if you scroll back up, how many overs did he bowl? I just missed that. In, in the first, first innings? Yeah. In the first thing, yep, uh, was, uh, hang on. 22 overs, so 22 he's overs. a fair amount of overs there, hasn't he? So yep. sort of would have suggested that he would have been bowling okay just without any luck, potentially. That's really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you love it when those fast bowlers don't get any luck, they get angry. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But um, so, if you bring that up, what what interested me was uh, I believe I I don't know if you remember we were talking about the pitch um, taking spin, taking spin. Yeah, and what there's ten overs of spin bowling on that pitch. Let's let's just, yeah. So I mean, like um, if we have a look, I don't know. If there was a bit more, bit more um, sharing around of the bowling uh, with the West Indies. In that second innings, um, Don Best got uh, 19 got t- overs in the first, so he got a bit of bowling to do, but it's not 10 overs in the last because only chasing 200. Um, yeah. Again, what I saw, it's interesting, and you know, I, I just wonder whether Ben Stokes in his first game as um, as captain maybe a bit hesitant to, to, to use the spin bowler. I actually thought that with spin at one end and pace at the other end, that's when they actually, the um, English looked likely on getting more wickets that way, actually. Um, yeah. Although the run rate doesn't suggest that, the, you know, the economy rate for Dom Bess, um, he was sort of troubling the West Indies batsmen every now and then. And yeah. um, that's what you're looking for, isn't it? You're not going to trouble them every ball. You're going to no. tr- get that sp- surprise one that comes along. That's right. But it, it looks to me like it's pretty much, um, you know, easily dominated by the by the pace bowlers that Test match. Yep, yep. And uh, just, uh, uh, yeah, sorry, Karen. And and the fact that you know that we were talking about it taking spin, but it hasn't really it hasn't really featured that much. It hasn't featured at all. Not really. Yeah. No, yeah. no. 
And just um, uh, with Aaron in the you know, chat room there, yep, absolutely. Jermaine Blackwood only came in because um, two players said that they didn't really want to, um, to travel to a COVID-affected um, environment sort of thing, so or nation sort of thing. So, um, yeah, look. So, yep, absolutely. Jermaine Blackwood taking his opportunity there, particularly in the second innings. Yeah. So, yep. uh, what do we got here? Like Stokesy. Yep. We were going to mention about him, right? Picking up two wickets there. Yes. Uh, coming on as the, what, one, two, three, fifth change bowler by the looks of it. Yeah, well, look, that's the interesting thing. So, okay, I, mean, I, just, I was going to go to a few points, but we'll come to that. And yep. the fact that, as I said, I watched the, on the last day, the, the la effectively the last session and the hour before that. And Archer was bowling. Archer was, um, they had Dowrich in particular, was absolutely jumping all over the place, couldn't handle Archer. And um, you're wondering, where's Ben Stokes? Ben Stokes not bowling, Ben's not bowling. And it's almost like it was the final sort of roll of the dice. And he comes on, and there wasn't a lot of runs required either. And he came on, and uh, he picked up two wickets relatively quickly. And yeah. you're sort of thinking, what were you doing? You, you are golden arm. You are the man that picks up the wickets when they're needed. He needed to inject himself earlier in the second innings and have a, a more of a presence in that bowling lineup. It's interesting, though, isn't it? And this is the whole argument that comes across when um, you've got a, a captain as uh, the bowler, bowler being the captain and under bowling themselves sometimes. Yep. I mean, Holder, Holder is the captain, obviously, for West Indies and doing a uh, doing a really good job. But, you know, in his early days when he came on uh, into the West Indies team as a youngster, he probably would have under bowled himself at that time as well. Um, yep. And this has been Ben Stokes' first test match as captain. Um, you would have thought he probably would have bowled uh, himself a bit earlier yeah, uh, look in that in that yeah, in that, yeah in that final session, England needed to bowl West Indies out. There's no, they, were, they, were, they weren't going to save the Test matches by keeping them under 200 or you know a, a drawn Test match sort of thing. Um, Mark Wood, James, Jimmy Anderson really didn't look like they were going to get a wicket. Joffrey mm -hmm. Archer, basically, you're under. Uh, old um, Jermaine Blackwood was playing some interesting shots. I have to yeah. say. It is this right. particular sort of rampy cut shot that he kept playing against Archer, um, which right. was like, oh, geez, he, you, had to, you had to sort of wince every time he played the shot. But he he, played, he looked comfortable playing the shot, I have to say. He played it regularly. He looked comfortable. It just doesn't look good. Um, as I mentioned before, Dowrich um, was, looked very uncomfortable against Archer. But yeah. against Anderson, against Wood, um, they look comfortable. They really didn't look troubled at all. And in fact, I think that's where they really look to try and get the score, the runs that they needed to get to 200. It's that extra pace that he brings, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it is. It's it's the pace and the bounce, and uh, he yeah. can he can bowl it pretty full and still get that ball to to come up to you. Now we're mentioning Joffre Archer, and there is that's the breaking news that's coming out of the England camps, yes. and it is. Big news. It is big news. Joffre Archer has broken biosecurity protocols and has been stood down immediately from the test for tomorrow. It would have been a, um, a lay down Nazir to be selected uh, for the game starting tonight, but has been stood down. He has been sent to isolation, to purgatory. <laughs> He's been sent to isolation. Um, he has apologised profusely 
um, on on his stuff up. Um, yes. But he has broken isolation rules, and therefore he has been sent to further isolation. So he'll be out for basically, I guess, I, I assume he has to start his isolation protocols right over in the 14 days. Yeah, I, I think he's uh, been given five days self-isolation, and he needs to have two clear COVID test results. Right, uh, before okay. Before he can go back and join the squad. From my yep. understanding, yeah. So, well, so we, we've, so that's a big, big blow for England, and it's good, good, good on England. They can take the easy way and say, "Look, you've been a naughty boy. Don't do it again." But no, they've said this is a serious matter, and they've come down hard on him. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, had you, to. Had to. you had to. You got no choice. You got no choice, exactly. I mean, like, and they've apologised to the West Indies uh, for their player doing this, and I think yes. this has set the precedent. Um, with lots of precedents being set during COVID, this has set the precedent um, for any and sort of <laughs> put it on a wall. This is what's going to happen to you if you break your um, bubble. Well, that's right. You know, it's it's the players know um, yeah. what's required of them, and and it's probably easy to do. I mean, I've, I I was just watching the other day a bit of coverage on the league, and they got the same sort of thing going on there, right? But yep. one of the boys decided to go see his family members in the stands. And now, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's broken the bubble. So it's a cricket show. It is a cricket yes. show. But and oh, I don't yeah. want to digress too much. But it's a weird situation. The guy actually lives with the parents, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah but he's he, he lives with the parents, but he's now been um, sent to isolation because he went and hugged the parents in the stand who he lives with when he's not playing the game. Exactly. So anyway, exactly. I, I, there's a digress on that. We'll come back. Look, I want to get back to Ben Stokes. He really oh, yeah, does need to bowl well, Root, Root will be back in as captain, so he should get more bowling because reality is, is that, especially with Archer now out, he really is one of the strike weapons. Yeah. Um, I think you might have recalled, Rush, um, I was picking, you know, you know, Stuart Broad, very unlucky not to be picked in that first test. You, you normally yep. would go on with your strength. Um, yep. You know, they've proven you still got the scoreboard up, by the way. Um, you'd, oh, go sorry, on, you'd go on with go the, um, you know, your proven experienced players into your first test match of a series. So, you know, Stuart Broad did come out during the week saying he wasn't a happy bad, a happy boy about being dropped because he called it being dropped. Not yeah, well, he, you do, you do. I think. I think they talk about rest and rotation, that, yeah. but everybody wants to play that first test in particular, so you're going to see it as being dropped. I think Absolutely. that's going to work for England, though, isn't it? It's going to work for them. He's going to come out really fired up in the second test. Well, yeah, yeah, it is. But then from an England perspective, you would have wanted to see Jimmy Anderson, Stuart Broad and Joffrey Archer being the strike three bowlers in that first test match. Yep. Now they're on the back foot, unfortunately, 1-0 down. So down, Archer's out. Yep. They've got um, they've, they've um, bringing Broad in. Um, Anderson and Wood will be out. Um, yep. So yes, yeah, well, yeah. I'll bring up the uh, I'll bring up a bit later um, as we go into the teams. We'll talk about the teams a bit later, but uh, I'll bring up what the possible 11s will be. Right. So, so yeah, um, old Archer. I mean, he, it's unfortunately. Unfortunate for him, but it's it's just one of those things. And given the times, absolutely. So, look, going back, as I said, I think we will see Ben Stokes bowling more. He he took six wickets in the match, so he got a decent haul. 
Um, even though he has said in that second innings, he really he should have come on earlier. So he's done that. Look, I'm going to go to a fun fact next, and it involves Stokes. So Holder got Stokes out twice in the match. Stokes got Holder out once, and they were both the captains as well. Let's remember. And it was like if if if, if um. Stokes had bowled himself a bit more. He might have actually picked up Holder as well, and it would have been a perfect match in terms of the captains getting each other out four times. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's true. I, I, I do wonder if it's happened in test match. I'm, I'm sure it's probably Yeah, I'd love to, love to be able to – if if I had um, – was it um, Francis Payne there sitting next to me to go and look yes. up those stats? <laughs> 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 Unfortunately, we don't have the budget for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. But, you know, there is, I'm sure that has happened before where the uh, captains have got each other out in, in, in the game. Yep. It definitely would have happened in one day cricket, that's for sure. But test matches, it is a different thing. Test matches it? in all four innings, the, the captain on captain, spy yeah. versus spy. <laughs> Look, I'm going to go just come back to Jermaine Blackwood. Proved to be the match winner for the, for, the, for the game. His 95 was the score that won the game. Um, yes. for them. He had crucial contributions from Roston Chase, um, who got 37, and Shane Dowrich, who got a 60 in the first innings and then followed it up with 20. But that 20 in the second innings was cr absolutely crucial. And I actually think it was more crucial than um, Roston Chase's uh, sort of 37. 30, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, it's one of those things. Cricket's that funny game. Eh? The closer you get to your target, the more nervous players seem to get as well. It's, it's it's just a strange feeling that you get as you're getting closer and inching closer to that target, um, and for for the um, um, what's his name, um, Dowrich, you know, coming in there at the end, it would have been nervous times for him, I'm sure. But it was you know, you'd have to say it was a bloody good knock to see them uh, through. Absolutely, this is like I mean, he was getting. Um... He was getting roughed up by um, Joffre Archer, but and the fact is that you know if Dowrich, if Roston Chase has gone out, Dowrich comes in and he's gone, then that would have put the West Indies under immense pressure, and the nerves in the dressing room would have gone up a mountain. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, and you got the tail coming in, so yeah, I mean, yeah, Holder can hold his own, but <laughs> yeah, you know, um, but you still. Batting with the tail, so to speak. So you'd have to give you know, as the as a fielding team, you'd have to think that you're you've got an opportunity, especially if you can open that other end up. So yep. you know he's done he's done really well to to stick around and score that twenty odd because it would have been a crucial innings. And the only thing that was disappointing for me to the end is that I felt that Blackwood threw away a certain hundred. He wanted to wrap the game up as quickly as possible, and unfortunately, um, spoon sort of spooned one up really out to mid off. It's the Calypso way, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got looking to smoke it over mid-off. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, unfortunately, yeah. It's That's just, it. But, it's, oh, look, he deserved – he really deserved that 100, I felt. Yeah. And this is like, yeah, it sort of would have been nice icing on the cake for a good victory. But at the end of the day, I'm sure he would have gone in and celebrated the victory uh, anyway sort of thing. So would have yeah. been too upset about that. No, no, he's made a, he's made the contribution to that team towards that victory. So definite celebration for that. Um, yes, disappointed he didn't get his three figures, but hey, still win a test match, and that's not easy to do. 
No, that's right. Especially as we go right back to what we started with, winning it in foreign conditions, all the um, the scenario around it with the lockdowns and um, you know isolation, etc. So I, I sort of think, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a fantastic win. And yeah. thing we talked about off air, and we I think we even talked about it last week. We keep underrating the West Indies. We everybody do, keep, we? Everybody, we do. A lot of us keep underrating the West Indies, and they keep and they're really just building and building. Well, you know, I, I put my hand up. I uh, I picked uh, England to win the first Test, being at home. Uh, I thought that they would be able to do it, and yeah, here we go, proven wrong again. So. <laughs> 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 Do you know much about cricket? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that West Indies lineup, you you know, it, it, they have been a perennial underperformers from late eighties onwards. Uh, you know, when they had the um, golden era, shall we say? Yeah. And and really, um, everyone just sort of thinks about that golden era being their great times. But Absolutely. Forget about what's happened since. I think when you look at it, you look at the scoreboards that we've seen, there's not someone that consistently provides the scores. Again, going back to what we talked about last week, it is a um, uh, a team effort. There's somebody in the team that keeps bringing something to each innings, whether it's with their bowling or whether it's with their batting. That the, Somebody stands up. Um, you know, in the first innings, a couple of players got 60. In the second inning, it was Jermaine Blackwood with the uh, 95. In the first innings, Jason Holder got six wickets in the second. Shannon Gabriel came along with five. So everybody seems to chip in. And obviously, if you've got the team performing like that, where individuals are performing when others aren't, well, you know, it's not going for them. It's got to create a great team environment, doesn't it? Absolutely. You know, it's it's one of those things. And um, if you ever look at good teams, it's a team performance at the end of the day that's going to help you win the game, right? If you're yep. relying on that one player, like, you know, we've seen that being a New Zealand supporter over our period of dull times, being reliant on that one person to score your runs, yep. uh, it just doesn't we'll help. Get so, or, or get the wickets, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, you know, uh, and West Indies are really uh, enjoying that period now where people are putting their hand up and yep. um, saying, yeah, I'll, I'll do the job, skip, give it to me, or, you know, yeah. it's my day, I'm going to score the runs. So yep. it, it definitely would make for a much better environment team-wise. You know? Absolutely. And, and the fact is that you don't have to freak out because Brian Lara didn't score the runs and, oh, no, we're all going to collapse now because yes. you've got that trust in the rest of your team to say, hey, look, yep. I didn't – oh, you know, so-and-so, or I got out cheaply today. you got somebody else that will yep. back it Absolutely. up and Absolutely. come out and do the job. You know, we, we uh, you know, it sort of reminds you of that great Australian era where they had a – they had really a number of greats in their team, but they also had players that performed on their day towards yep. that um, success. So this is this is exactly what the West Indies are doing at the moment uh, with different players putting hands up. Crucial. Well, so they've done the job in the first test. We move on to the second test. It's starting tonight. I, th I believe it'll be about an hour after we shut down. So it'll be a 10 o'clock um, out in New Zealand time. Um, Old Trafford, Manchester. And uh, sort of, you know, again, a ground that has, I mean, obviously with the lockdown, no ground's been played with, played on. So it's going to be a fresh pitch that's been undercover for a couple of days because um, it's been, the conditions have been raining. So just going to go over um, the pitch, the 
conditions there. What we're looking at, we're looking at overcast conditions, the forecast for the first two days, followed by rain on Saturday. So Saturday's not looking good. And then some sunshine breaking through. Uh, obviously, with the conditions, with the moisture, the pitch has been undercover. There could be some fun for the seamers to be had. Uh, the pitch has been undercover, as I mentioned, for two days. Joe Root managed to have a sneak peek under the covers um, and on Tuesday, and he said that it's looking brown, but I'm still thinking there could be a fair bit of moisture in that pitch. Uh, old, yeah. Then, then basically being an Old Trafford pitch, it should be a little bit quicker than the Aegeus Bowl, and again, that will hurt England with Jofra Archer um, being out if, if it's a little bit quicker. And, uh, yeah, in the warm-ups, that produced a few runs as well. So, again, win the toss, what do you do? Win the toss, so you've got to go runs on the board, you know. <laughs> if, if you're looking at a pitch and it's looking dry, uh, you would want to bat first, wouldn't you? Yep. Because you're That's going it. to get that up and down again in that four innings. Or, or, or you, I suppose it's the thing is that if you're unsure what the pitch is going to do, it seems to be you go and bat. That's right. Put the scoreboard, get the runs on the board, and then basically back your bowlers. That's it. Yeah, it's 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 and that's that creates the scoreboard pressure and advances the game one way or another too, doesn't it? These days. That's um, it. But you know, looking at uh, the lineup like you were mentioning, it's again, it's probably going to be the Pace attack for the Windies. Pace attack, That's... I think so. I mean, yeah, yeah you have a part-time spinner in there, I suppose. I don't know. We're still trying to figure out who that was, but um, uh, it's 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 going to be it's going to be interesting because the old um, the air temperature is uh, only going to be high teens and low twenties. So, I mean, hopefully, I mean, I think Taryn was there and might be able to confirm this. You don't get as much swing when it's a bit cooler. No, no, you know it, it's. Um... When it's a bit cooler, that, that ball is um, in the air. You'd have to, like, I'm not a real bowler, but it's not. No, you're it's a wiki not keeper. Getting, I'm a wiki. But <laughs> you're, not, you're not getting that swing, that's for sure. <laughs> you're a bit of steam movement. You know, yep. if you held that, yep. if you got the seam up, um, you get a bit of seam movement, but the swing might not be around. Right. So it'll be interesting. It'll be a, the West Indies might be wearing a couple of jumpers when they wander out there. Yeah, but I might be proven wrong again. So, hey, I'm not a bowler. <laughs> <laughs> and so we'll go just to, I'm just going to um, basically go through a, a possible, uh, I'll bring this up on the screen, actually, if you give me a moment. Yeah. I was just thinking that isn't, um, is it Chase? Um, Roston, Roston, Roston Chase. He's the spinner for the Windies. Um, again, I could not. Con I love the um, my yeah, um, knowledge there. Does uh, he's the offie for for them? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, you know how how many overs did he bowl in that dig? Um, he had a few overs in that uh, in that first innings, didn't he? Uh, uh, in the second innings, I think he did. He did, I think. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, I'm pretty sure he's the he's their he's their bowler. Uh, it's the off spinner. It's, there um, we go. Might just bring up the. Uh, hopefully, you can see that. I'll bring it up a bit bigger there. So that's that's the possible um, English eleven to be finalised at the toss. So 
We've got Rory Burns, Dom Sibley, Zach Crawley coming into three. So he'll move up where Denley was at three. And Joe Root coming in at four. It says Ben Stokes is captain. I'm not I No. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's just a, a typo that they've got that's there. An error. Yep. <laughs> Ollie Pope, Josh Butler's your wicketkeeper. Now, here's the interesting part, right? They've, we've got, I think they've got Bess. Um, Joffre Archer's obviously going to drop out um, and Stuart Broad there. So it's going to be two two picked out of Wokes, Curran and Rob, Ollie Robinson. So th- the, they'll be, whereas two of them were going to miss out, now only one of them will miss out on the uh, eleven. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know too much about Ollie Robinson, but um, no, I don't either. Uh, you'd have to think, you know, you've got Stuart Broad being the experienced player there in bowler. No, no Archer. You're yep. gonna. I would say you're gonna have Wokes and Curran as my. I would. Yeah, guesses. look. I mean, as I said, I don't know enough about Ollie Robinson, but I mean, like, you're gonna go. You have to, because Archer's out. You're gonna have to pick Wokes and Broad now. Really, I, you know, you have that experience yes. there. Yes. Um, and then Sam Curran brings another bat, is, is an actual all-rounder and a very good all-rounder. He's a holds the bat pretty well, too. So yeah. to me, you'd, you'd pick Sam Curran, wouldn't you, ahead of uh, Ollie Robinson? You'd think Gives so. You I mean, element. we'd have to check his, um, his uh, stats and all for Ollie and see what he's done. But, you know, you're 1-0 down in the series. You've got to pick your experienced players to help you to get, you know, you want to win this next game. Like, <laughs> you, you, you've series, series over. I mean, like, yeah. West Indies are coming in to win this thing, so uh, you want to... Yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean, you've just seen a sneak there below the England team. John Campbell, now, he will be the um, interesting one for the West Indies, where, as it, his toe is not broken, it's bruised, so it's just going to be, how is he feeling? Is it? Is it going to... Is he going to be okay at the toss to be selected? So, we scroll down, and we've got John, He'll be all right. Westerlies. Archer's not playing. Archer's not playing. <laughs> His toe will be fine. It's all of a sudden magic water on it, and it's hundred percent, hundred percent. Yep. Now look, I don't, I don't think we're going to really see a change. I mean, like the fact that we've just mentioned that the Manchester wicket at Old Trafford is going to be a bit more friendlier to the seamers. You're not going to change your West Indies lineup, are you? You're going to pick, not really. keep picking the winning lineup. Exactly. Why? Why change the winning formula? Exactly. Uh, so um, that's so. Just going over it then. So John Campbell and Craig Braithwaite, Shy Hope, Shame Brooks, Roston Chase, Jermaine Blackwood, the hero from the first test, Shane Dowrich. Now Shane Dowrich, he's going to be happy because, as I said, he was the one that was hopping all over the place when Joffrey Archer was bowling to him in the second innings. Jason Holder, Elzari Joseph, Kimar Roach, and Shannon Gabriel. Um, it, it sort of. You look at that side, and, and Shannon Gabriel, if the green pitch is green, he's going to be, or even got a bit of moisture in it, he's going to be sort of looking forward to bowling on that strip. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to say so. Um, look, it's it's um, you, you've it's interesting. You pick, you're looking at that West Indies lineup, and you're thinking, you know, which is the players that are going to stand out for you? You know, it's not. It's not somebody that you re- household names that you recognise in that team, really. I mean, like Jason Holder is the yes. name that you recognise. Um, yeah. Kim Roach, Kim Roach is sort of a little yeah. bit there as well. But at the end yeah. of the day, no, there's, you do not have the days gone by of West Indian teams where you started off with a, a Greenwich and Haynes, and in came 
Richards yes. and, and Clive Lloyd, um, and then a little bit later, Richie Richardson. Uh, you know, you, you didn't tremble too much if Larry Gnomes came in. But, uh... no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but this is the interesting thing that we were talking about earlier about the West Indies team. Um, who was the bowler you mentioned that's not far off getting um, Kirtley Ambrose's record? for? The oh, that's right. Wickets? So, yeah, just, just going oh, yeah. back to a few of those, um, let me just, uh, where, where have I put that? It was, you know, when you when you're looking at their lineup and you're thinking, oh. well, who who's going to do the business? But they're doing the business. They're doing it. So yeah, a few a few. Um, yeah, so it's pretty so unfair. You've got so here's here's the things with Kemar Roach needs seven more wickets to become the first West Indian fast bowler since Kirtley Ambrose. Now get that since Kirtley Ambrose to reach two hundred wickets in a t in tests. So yeah. that's a long time since somebody from the West Indies and with it. It sort of goes towards why we sort of say, you know, we just don't see the success in coming through in the West Indies, but it is because you've got the likes of Kimar Roach now coming through, getting 200 test wickets or seven more to get to 200. The first since Kirtley Ambrose. And I sort of like, it's a fair while since Kirtley Ambrose had been gone. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was just watching some coverage uh, a couple of weeks back of Kirtley and um, some of those one days and test matches, but. You know, we talk about many years of West Indies um, in bygone era, but are they on the comeback silently without us really knowing it? And we've got to remember there's players that haven't or haven't been selected or have decided not to tour because of the coronavirus situation in the UK. So yep. they're building a bit of strength there. These guys have come in the UK. If they get this Test Series win, it's going to build their confidence and they're going to basically have depth. They are. They're building depth. I mean, you know, Joseph, Alzari Joseph, he's yep. he's 23 years old. Yeah. He's he's pretty young. You've got um, – I was just looking at some of the other uh, uh, young lads in the team there. The uh, – was it Roston Chase? Uh, you know, he's he's another youngster in that lineup. Oh, no, not Roston Chase. Sorry, apologies. For, he's, he's, he's a ripe – Right, old age of twenty eight. Yeah, oh, getting older, getting on now. Yeah. <laughs> there was another twenty three year old or so the youngster. I think he's the batsman in the team. I can't uh, recall his name, but they're starting to build, you know, develop that um, depth at that other le at the next level down for in the yep. youngsters who are going to be the future for the Windies team. And and we also like look at Jason Holder is leading that team very well. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. Yeah. I mean. It was interesting. I, I, I recall when he first came on in the scene, um, and looking at a look, watching him on TV and thinking, "Geez, that guy's a tall fella." You come yeah. in to watch him. Yep. You, basically, one of... thing with tall, you know, one thing with tall, you always think it's going to be flying, right? Uh, yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then he bowls it, and it's like, "Well, that's not that fast," which was quite interesting. And then you wonder. Yeah, he bowls that sort of around the 130 mark, but because yeah. of his height, he gets that bounce, doesn't he? He's getting it like, you know, right into the cage there. But um, he's an effective bowler, isn't he? Well, he must be because he's so on the batting side, he's 83 runs away from reaching 2,000 runs in Tests cricket um, and become only the third. So he's gone past 100 Test wickets last uh, in the last home Test. So he's got his 100 test wickets. He's 83 away from 2,000. Once once he gets his 83 runs, he'll become only the third West Indian player behind Sir Garfield Sobers and Carl Hooper uh, to uh, achieve that feat. So 
200, 2,000 test runs and 100 test wickets. That'll be, yeah, um, re, uh, something that hasn't been achieved too too much um, in West Indian cricket. So I suppose if you think about it, you don't get a lot of all-rounders in West Indian cricket. You get the awesome batters and the awesome bowlers. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the whole thing about the, um, Jason Holder, isn't it? Uh, and... I'm sure I remember him playing against the Aussies when he first came in, into the team. And he, had, he he was probably their fourth change lineup. And he was a youngster as a captain for that team. Don't forget that. They picked him quite young. Yep. Um, yes, they did. For the captaincy, right? Yep. Uh, and he wasn't a proven player back then. So he was the one that actually brought the Windies together. And he's, yep. he's done the, uh, I always say he's done the Clive Lloyd of West Indies. Bringing the team together, and that's what that—that's why they're performing so well. So you'd have to say, I mean, just from Aaron's comment in the old chat rooms, there comments rooms, um, yeah, they have been succeeding pretty well at that under 19s um, World Cup level. Um, they've beat, they've tipped up sides like India and Australia, and now I was believe that talent's starting to come through. Absolutely. And, and, I mean, and you've got someone like your holder, who's yes, obviously a very good leader. And is starting to bring that talent through with them. That's it. And you know, all you can say if uh, to everyone else is watch out because yeah. they are coming back. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's just yeah. like they're, they're, I mean, it, success. Success breeds success, right? Exactly. That's exactly. what it does. To use cliches. Oh, cliches. <laughs> yeah. So look, just a couple of other trivia stats um, in, for this test match here. Joe Root. His average at Old Trafford is 85. So um, the English will be looking to really get that back into their um, batting lineup, that, that sort of success. And on the back of that, England have actually got a 9-1 loss record. So they've won 9-1, lost 1 uh, out of their last 12 tests. Their, own, their last loss was against Australia their last summer. So it... They've got some good records there at, at Old Trafford. Joe Root bats well there. It's going to give them some sort of um, sort of uh, confidence going into this test as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if they've got the record there, haven't they? So it's a favourite hunting ground for them. Yep. And, you know, it's probably uh, good timing for the English, to be fair, to be playing at their favourite hunting ground. Given that they're one nil down, <laughs> one nil down, they need to build some confidence, get some back in there. Yeah, they've got the they've got the players to do it. They've got a bit of an experience, but they've also got some good experience there as well. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Root Stokes, um, you know, and, and then with the bowling with um, Broad and uh, Wokes. Well, how uh, much pressure is Root under coming into this test? Yeah, I, I suppose he has to perform, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's coming in. He's coming in cold, really. Coming in cold, he hasn't. He first test. Yep, and he and he would have been. I don't think he was involved as much fully in the um, warm ups as well. Yeah. So yes. Um, yes. Now, just so. just to go back to an earlier uh, question from Aaron around Joe Root. So, what happened? Joe Root um, was in isolation um, after. Uh, the the child arrived and it was in isolation by himself, and com and that's why he wasn't available for the first test. So he had to complete his private isolation uh, before he could then rejoin the team. So he's effectively done what Joffre Arch is now doing with his indiscretion. 
So yeah. that's 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 the story there. So Joe Root back into the squad after his isolation. Well, yeah, and um, you know he, he he's going to have to get some runs in this match to really help that English effort. Well, if you're the West Indies, you've got to say you've got to take um, advantage of that. You've got Absolutely. to know, that, hey, he hasn't had the time in the middle. He hasn't yes. had, you know, that that is gonna. It does take a while to get back into the groove of things. Exactly. So you really want to make sure that that ball is being pitched in the right place. Yeah, and and given the way the Windies bowled in that first test, and just going through and analysing that scoreboard, uh, you'd have to say that's exactly what they're going to look at doing. You know, yep. it, it's another test, and uh, they'll definitely be putting the English under the pump. Look, at, and uh, I think a lot of their success is coming through to discipline. Um, yes. And it's, you know, you as a bowling lineup, especially in this professional era, it's just like, you just got to know, okay, going into a match, this is the length, this is the line that we have to bowl, and that's what we have to bowl. If we don't, we will go for runs. And you're starting to see more and more sides actually become more disciplined in their um, bowling delivery. Well, you know, with the tech that's out there and um, TV replays and everything, coaches are seeing it all live in front of them and they're able to get the word out to the players in the middle. So, you know, you're telling, they're getting told where to bowl, line, length, that type of thing as well from the sidelines. So, you know, cricket's cricket's um, evolved in that sense. So there's more information being shared while the game's happening. So that's that's only going to help the bowling team, isn't it? Absolutely, yep, yep. Finding out the flaws and the batter's techniques. Absolutely. But, but then in saying that, you know, it's just like, goes, okay, your flaws in the batter's technique. Batsman knows he's got the flaw. He goes away and works on it. He's got to work on it in the test match. It's not going to be easy. He might have been crawling around under the covers uh, having a look what the pitch does, but that's not going to help his batting. No, no. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a he's out there in the heat of the mo- heat of the battle. So and and it's um you know him versus the bowler. Bowler's got all the um advantage in the sense that they've got the knowledge and what's going yep. on, and um and the coaches and sideline also being part of that team. Absolutely. So yeah, well, yeah. I think so. Now we basically just wait, wait an hour until we sort of start the first test. Hopefully, it's not like the. Oh, sorry, the second test. So hopefully it's not like the first test. And the fact is that we all got in all this anticipation, sit down to watch the start of the first test, and the covers were on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're hoping for better weather out in Sam uh, in Manchester today. And um, I haven't actually had a look at what's happening out there, but um, hopefully we'll be able to get on there. Look, uh, I, I think, you know, we've we sort of talked talked up the old second test a bit there, and it's probably a... A good time to sort of like leave it at that, go away and see what happens, and then we'll come back and talk about it next week. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Hey, so look, we're going to have a pick for the week. We're going to yeah, actually let's have a pick for the week. What what are we? What are you picking? I'll go. Let you go first. Oh, <laughs> who are you going to jinx? Oh, uh, look, I picked the English in the first test. So I'll jinx them again. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. We, we have to be, we have to admit we we're sucky pickers. Uh, <laughs> yes. look, I mean, I, I, I think um, I think it's going to be a it's, it's going to be a tough 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 one for the West Indies. I I actually think the English have to realise that they have to get up. So 
they're probably going to be psyched a bit more than the uh, West Indies. So, um, and Stuart Broad coming back in, he's going to, as I said, he felt like he was dropped. Um, Root's going to come in. He's going to have to prove himself. Stokes, he's got the pressure of um, off him, off his shoulders of the captaincy. It's gone back to Joe Root. So uh, I sort of think, yeah, look, I think it's a close one. The first test was close. There wasn't a lot left in that. There's only four wickets in it at the end. Um, but uh, I'm going to go with the English, actually. I, I sort of think they're probably going to need to, they're going to want it more. So I'll go with the English as well and jinx them as well. Interesting you say they want it more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the West Indies are going out for the win of the series too. So they, they are. Yeah. They are. I, I think I, I I understand what you're saying, but I mean, like, I'm sort of yeah. thinking um, it's home conditions, and you know, you don't want to lose yeah. at home, do you? You want to be the one that wins your home test. Absolutely, absolutely. That's the advantage of playing at home, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and and yeah. like obviously, at the end of the day, it's England, so the option is. Of a draw yes. because of rain is always there as well. Well, you did mention overcast for a few days, so that could turn into <laughs> rain. <laughs> hey, well, look, hey, thanks once again for joining um, joining us on the show, Roy, and uh, thanks you to well, all the people that were watching and listening. Make sure you get out there and um, share so that all your friends can also see and uh, hear the great show that is Swinging from the Hips. Remember, on New Zealand Sport Radio, you've got a myriad of shows. Monday nights, we've got Hash Rugby Chat. Tuesday, if we can get some contestants, we've got Do You Know Your Sport. Wednesday night, it's the league show with this uh, standoff. Thursday, this is where you want to be for your cricket fix with Swinging from the Hip. And previews for Super Rugby Aotearoa and Super Rugby Gold or AU, if you want to call it that, um, on Friday nights, and then reviews on the Sunday night. Everything you need to know for sport in the mornings at the Morning Sports Briefing, all here on New Zealand Sport Radio. Make sure you tell your friends about it, and we'll see you back here next Thursday on Swinging from the Hip. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 